Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough. Hey, behaves. We Captain are streaming people. on this Tuesday afternoon. Is the live stream on YouTube. If you're watching live, if you're listening to the podcast, it's great to have you. If you're listening to the podcast, especially if you just happen to be listening along on iTunes right now, go to iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcast. Leave us a review, five stars. Leave us a question in that review. Tell us your favorite bar as well. And get in the Haberman at Middle Call mailbag. Do that. Also, no get hungry. No get hungry.org slash ham. Give yourself a little uh if you could, if you if you would. We've donated 10 grand. Tito's Puesto, another seven. I think we were up over 18, so you guys are already over 1,000 in your donations. So if we're shooting for 25,000, I don't want to have to call our big money boosters to get us there, but I will if I have to. Uh, NoKidHungry.org slash ham. Help us out trying to make a difference this holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, We want to make sure every kid's fed on Hanukkah. Yeah, Uh, Hanukkah's over, but we're... um, Hanukkah's over? Yeah, it was was seven days. That's all we get. Oh, oh, yeah, it started last Sunday. Yeah. Gotcha. Hanukkah I sent out two happy by. Hanukkahs today. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Better late than never. I, I, I definitely subscribe to that. Uh, but like John said, we have a lot of fun on the show. We've uh, been afforded the opportunity to do this show thanks to, uh, well, we started it, but you guys consuming it, and we appreciate that. Yeah. We deserve credit, and, uh, but you know, be, without you, we're because, nothing. Well, but, but like you said, because people consume it, because people because advertisers come on the show, because we make money on the show, we're able to turn around and donate some of that money. And uh, $10,000 was that chunk. And then Tito's brought in the five and Puesto added two. And No Kid Hungry is an incredible cause. So please, if you're watching, click on the link. It's nokidhungry.org slash ham. The link is in the YouTube. The link is in the podcast. And um, just give what you can. Every little bit helps. And we're, we're trying to get it to 25000 A single dollar can provide up to 10 meals for kids. Nokidhungry.org slash ham. Keep chopping wood. I do have an announcement to make. We have on the show today. A shave it or save it. Oh, so we need submissions. The only way you can do this is if some of you step out and go, you know what? I don't know if I should shave my head or save my hair. We're here to help submit. Send us DMs. We'll tell you more about that later because we've got uh, Travis, John Travis, who is a service member, a member of our military, a member of our military who, uh, you know, I think is thinking about getting out and growing his hair out. And uh, we're here to discuss whether or not that. That should happen for him. So we'll we get love to that our service men and women. They uh, yeah. fabric of society. Did you ever decide to sign the contract for your hair? I did. You signed the contract. I I, I we haven't the ink, we have not signed the contract, but I accepted the offer. Yep. Gotcha. You haven't Venmoed yep. him the two G's yet. No, I think we'll do that Wednesday during the next cut. Gotcha. You're gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Uh. I have many sleepless nights over it, John, but I'm gonna do it. Four-year contract, unlimited haircuts, for those of you who didn't catch that story. And no tip, right? And no tips, yeah. Like you say, hey, listen, you can't give me a weird look. Like, no tips. It's 2000 we're good. We had right? a discussion about it, and uh, yeah. Brad on the stream, by the way, says, guy, what is the No Kid Hungry Fund 2? So just to, so there's no confusion. No Kid Hungry is a national foundation, and 
what they do is uh, they provide free meals for families, communities, kids in need. They provide guidance for schools. They provide grants for schools um, who need to find a way to feed kids. And so uh, since March of 2020, the school and community grantees in the state of California have received over $12.5 million in grants. It's over 200 million meals to children and families. Um, families can go to a uh, go to the website, No Kid Hungry, and find free meals in their area, in their communities. So uh, that's, that's the deal. Um, click on that link. You can find out more information about No Kid Hungry. This is a legitimate major charitable organization that works with schools and nonprofits and local governments to improve programs, to launch programs, to make sure that kids get the food, the healthy food that they need. So that's what that's. Yeah. I just think that, you know, most people, I mean, what you, I don't care where you are, once you are economically stable, you take so many things for granted. I mean, I just did today. I, I worked out and then I got a, some lunch at Kinder's. It's got myself a chicken sandwich and you just don't even think about it. You know, I, Eat, love to eat. So do you. So do most people. But it's like a lot of people don't aren't afforded that luxury. And it's just something during these times that, you know, kind of should hit you down deep. If you can make a difference. Yeah. Brad, hell yeah. Put me down for 50. Brad, thank you. Thanks, You man. the man. We appreciate that. That's generous. And thank you. That's great. Appreciate you. Uh, all right, John. This show is sponsored by... <laughs> Tito's. Handmade. Well, I got to clean this hat off. Tito's. Handmade... Vodka, it is the premier, number one, vodka in, as uh, Mario Cristobal would say, Asturias Unados, the United States yeah. of America. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yeah, status, uh, yeah, Asturias Unados. I just had to say it fast, yeah. so I, yeah, you just I, gotta I say it practice. quick, yeah. <laughs> Tito's, make yourself a Tito. I, I kind of, I feel like a Tito soda right now. It's only 2.40, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Number one vodka in America, wherever you are this holiday season, have your cocktails, take us pictures, tag us in the deal. Tito's loves it. We love it. Instagram, Twitter, you guys know the drill. Uh, go, you know, your local store, your local uh, CVS, you name it. Uh, Bevmo, Safeway, Albertsons, I think is owned now by Safeway. And go get yourself a bottle of Tito's. Price point's incredible. It's hard to beat. It's actually unbeatable when you factor it in against their competition. Uh, and it's great. And when you factor in the quality. It's yeah, number one. The quality. It number is one. number one. Tito's Handmade Vodka, so many great um, options, uh, uh, recipes, what I'm trying to say, for the holidays. And, uh, you know, you you fill the bowl at the holiday party with the Tito's, and you will have a very, very popular drink. Go to Tito's. Uh, go get your Tito's wherever you get your beverages. Six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. It's more labor-intensive, yes. We actually have uh, we have it on the calendar right now to go sample some Tito's around some different uh, locations around the Bay Area, John. Although I already know it's going to taste like fantastic. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM and the number one, where MyBookie will match your first deposit up to 1000 bucks. They'll also... Uh, uh, no, that's what they'll do. You can use the yeah. promo code HAM1. Uh, if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus, but HAM1, let them know that we sent you. We have been um, executing the lock of the week. Which, Sorry, were you going to say something? No, we've just lost $2,000 in seven days. You know, when you say it like that, we had won 11 in a row plus a 14 parlay. So 15, yeah. some would call it. 
Um, we're now we've lost four in a row. Yeah, we're still. I think we have like thirty three hundred dollars, thirty two fifty or something. I'm not I mean, shaking, John. Have, Maybe a little no. rattled, but my confidence. Been, is, we've been very, we've been very very cold. I mean, we had an awful weekend. We'll get into the Monday night football game, uh, but w- I would just like to get a winner. And I, I my the first game that I saw that kind of resonated with me. And I, I watched the Steelers Raven game on Monday on Game Pass. Just a little quick, you know, paying attention to it. Not super locked in, but definitely the fourth quarter. The Ravens were leading going into the fourth quarter seven to three. And Lamar has been a little off this season, but like Harbaugh, Lamar versus the Browns, I just I just like taking my chance. That's the way I philosophically looked at that. Yeah. Harbaugh, Lamar versus guy, do you know that Mark Andrews? Now it was not the easiest pass. The Ravens could have won that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They drove the field, scored, and, you know, Harbaugh just always puts those two fingers up. Go for two, as Kyle said. He's always like, yeah, we're going to go for two, too. <laughs> you see that? I did. He also, I did see he didn't delve too deep into it because, as he said, it's all a hypothetical. But you you texted me during the game, I think Kyle should go for two if they score here. And um, I think he would have. I do think you're right. I think you were on it early. I think he would have done it. Well, do you have any issue with – because? I'm not saying it's controversial because Harbaugh now has been doing going for two and going for on fourth down. I'd say pretty consistently with Lamar. I, I, I on the road in that situation. So they basically get the ball back under two minutes and drive the field and score a touchdown. Yeah. On the road, 10 seconds left against the Steelers. Yeah. You you have the best kicker. Maybe what's, league your, what's, history. what's your question? Do I have an issue with what? Well, do you just kick the field goal, go to overtime or do you go for two right there? No, I mean, I think I think about that team has been in so many close games. Like, I don't think the Ravens are very good. Um, I mean, one-point game with Pittsburgh, six-point win over Cleveland, three-point win over Chicago, uh, 12-point win over Miami, uh, 12-point loss to Miami, three-point win over Minnesota, blowout loss to Cincy, blowout win over the Chargers, one-score win over Indy, Blowout win over Denver, two point win over Detroit, one point win over Kansas City, and a one score loss to the Raiders. I mean, they just like my thing with them. If we took them as our lock, I think if I'm just evaluating, here's what we did the last uh, my pick Saturday night. I pushed you to take the SC game. Part of that was value. Like, I one thing I was thinking about is like. I would take the Ravens and the points, not necessarily take the Ravens to win just because they're whatever they are, plus 155. Like, forget about value. I just want to win. Winning is how you stack up, even if it's not as good a value as like a plus 155. No, but but I, I do think value matters. Like, you just, it's it's the good way to look at it. Like, I, I do think the Ravens, anytime you get them plus points with Lamar Jackson, like to me, looking back, and everyone did this, right? How did we all miss... Because let's face it, most people were terrified to bet on Alabama. And I think it always happens yeah. like after recessions. It's like, God, I could have bought seven homes for 300 grand. Well, no, at the time, 99% of people were scared, right? I, oh, my God, I could have got this stock for $5. It's now 200. Well, yeah, every stock was in the tank. So most people did not, right? I, most people that did not bet on Alabama. Now, granted, different than like a crazy economic circumstance. If you had watched Alabama this year, like they were just, it didn't quite look the same, right? So it's easy to play that game. My issue with the San Diego State Utah State game, one, they had a COVID issue, and I felt pretty good about twenty-two players did not play. That's a lot. And the SC thing, you know, 
were do you think looking back would you have been confident if you knew he was interviewing for the Fresno State job uh as well as coaching that game do you see Bruce Feldman said that he was in the mix who was Dante Williams yeah that Fresno was interested in Dante Williams which I call bullshit on not that Bruce is not a great reporter I just I have a hard time seeing that one I did not know that no I would have the whole thing. What about, what I, what about when I told you they bad. were late to practice after we'd already placed yeah, the bet? Yeah, that's terrified me. The whole thing was bad logic. I overthought it. I tried to get too creative with like, oh, Cal doesn't need this game anymore. And SC, it's like, what? why would I trust SC on the road at 8 p.m. in the cold at Cal in front of nobody? Why? Why would I do that? So it was just bad. I outsmarted. I got, I tried to be smart. I, I made it too complicated, I think. Because I said could, you've I, yet I to be wrong about Cal. That's right. That's right. I did say that. And I was I've been right on Cal a lot this year, but I wasn't right that night. I give Cal a lot of credit for showing up and playing that game when they it wasn't for bowl eligibility. You know, maybe I underrated how much it still means to guys at Cal when you play USC and how much you want to win that game. Um, and maybe I underrated Cal wanted to play that game for weeks because those guys just want to play football. SC hasn't looked like it wants to play football more often than not when I watch them this year. <laughs> like three so, years. You know, I think what I did was what I see happen a lot on Twitter. Just because you can make a logical argument that your debate teacher would be like, hmm, logical argument, great points, A+. plus." Doesn't mean it's right. A lot of people make yeah. a lot of arguments because you have to make a bunch of arguments right now to get attention. Doesn't mean you're making the right decision. Sometimes the thing that gets all the attention is like an eight-page eight, eight page presentation when really all you need is like two bullet points. So I overthought that one. It was it was stupid. It was. I. 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 Th- I hope I learned my lesson from that. But time will tell if I did. I don't know. Yeah, that's why we bet on an NFL game this week, and we just take a team to me that you feel comfortable can win. Like honestly, the Ravens and the Niners both to me fall under the same umbrella. Yeah, you give yourself a chance to win every game, and and we didn't really. The San Diego State one was weird, but we didn't really give ourselves a chance with the SC thing. Like it was just, it was kind of a hail mary. You bet on the Niners getting points. Definitely bet on Lamar and Harbaugh. To me, why I'd go Lamar Harbaugh even over Kyle, like their history as winners for four running years is pretty strong. So it's just like I, you just take your chances with those two guys in the foxhole. Like I'm, I am betting Plus two on two and a half. Part of Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you feel good about having your money in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands? Though I do um, like the value. Look, I, you know, we, we have our fun with Jimmy, and he is what he is, but. He doesn't scare me off from Niners plus one against Cincinnati. Uh, he's going to throw a Burrow's, Burrow's banged up. N- Emmanuel Mosley out. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, Josh Norman was going to lock down Jamar Chase no matter what, so it doesn't really matter. Can Jamar Chase run, John? I mean, is he even fast? Uh, he's not slow. <laughs> so I, I actually think that's value. Are you saying Baltimore plus two and a half or Baltimore money line plus 115? Well, I mean, I do either. I mean, again, I, I actually I, I do like the Niners game as well. Those were the two games that I was like, we've I like what that's cooking. We've stayed away from that game unless we love it. We've stayed away from the Niners in like critical spots. I think just for our own sanity. Pretty big week for them though. Like they can't they can't fall to six and seven and feel good about their playoffs chances. They still have a Thursday night game. You know, this is a this is a little bit feels a little Ramsey where it's like this is a big spot for you playing a team that has a good record and has some talent, but also hasn't proven shit. I don't hate him plus one. I feel good about either one of those games. Yeah, I do. I feel good about the Niner game. Uh, I, I, to me, what I like about the Ravens game is just that it's not the Niner game. Um, 
and you're getting a couple more points. But I like we, we can let it marinate for a couple days. Okay, We're in no let's, rush. Let's get so I think part of this conversation is also about what happened on Monday night. We had lost a couple of bad college games, and so we said let's let's do an NFL game. Yeah, let's do Monday night football. Let's try and salvage the weekend. Five hundred fifty hundred dollars in twelve hours. Yeah, that's right. Which I loved. I mean, I, I like. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not it made money to me. That. It made the Monday night game Fuck ten yeah. times better than it was, and it, and I loved the Monday night game. Same. It was such a good, great, high enjoyment. Um, and uh, the, we lost to a team that threw three. We'll talk about Mac and all that, but what was the emotional roller coaster like for you? I I did get a little. When when New England, not even forced a fumble. When the Bills fumbled, and then New England just pounded the rock all the way down the field, it it did put me on my heels a little bit. I got to admit. But then I saw Josh Allen throwing some bullets, and I was like, okay, this will be fine. This will be fine. Yeah, I mean, I the I, I do think Josh Allen is a spectacular talent, and I know he had some fuck ups in that game, but he had to do things that the other quarterback just didn't have to do, like. His ball, you could not tell that there were 40-mile-an-hour wins. You could not tell it at all when he just threw a straight, you know, an out route, an in route, up, you know, down the seam. His arm strength is remarkable, and his talent to me is remarkable. His athleticism, his competitiveness. Like, I, what did I learn from Mac Jones that game? Not a fucking thing. Like, he just handed the ball off. Now, the Patriots, they are built, and they're, this is where football – you know, as things change, you know, they, life and, and football and everything, it constantly is adapting and changing. It's like, I think there are some things that just are always going to stay the same. And clearly when you can play defense, which the Patriots can really play defense, and when you can run the football, like that, that's never going to go away, I think, in the sport of football. And I think that also falls into the uh, uh, college as well, right? If you have one of the best defenses in the country, you're going to be in the mix. You know, even if your offense isn't, it doesn't have to be Bryce Young and what Saban has. But if you have an elite defense, look at Wisconsin this year. They fell apart early in the season. And just like you look up and they're, you know, eight and four, nine and three at the end of the season because they could really play defense. I think they ended up going eight and four because they lost to Minnesota. But Jim Leonard, like, that shit works. Like, Belichick, it works. Now, it's not sustainable. And we talked about Jimmy G like this to just have games like that. But in a one off situation, it's one of the most remarkable things I've ever watched in my own eyes. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I uh we'll talk more about it, so I'm not going to there's a couple other things I want to say about that game, but it was um I got to tell you it didn't feel at times the way it actually was. And clearly, I mean, Buffalo uh, because they couldn't stop the run, 222 yards in rushing, 49 plays, 46 rushes for the Pats, three passes as you know. Josh Dubow, well I'll get to some of the uh, the other stats. I, I did one, one thought I had coming out of it regarding Josh was just how well set up specifically in their division they are. I don't know if you saw the stat. I, I don't I didn't I should have taken a photo of it before the game on ESPN. It was as the temperature goes down, Josh Allen's completion percentage goes up like he's good in the cold and the wind. He said it's because he tightens up his mechanics and he takes less chances. He didn't play like he wasn't taking chances in the game. There were several times where he rolled out of the pocket, scrambled, not really rolled out, scrambled and tried to make plays on the run, and it almost met, made him. And just, you know, it made me feel good if I were a Buffalo fan from the standpoint of his, historically we're going to have to win games if we're going to really go all the way. And Buffalo's played in some cold-weather playoff games in their, in their program's history. Um, 
you're gonna have you might have to play New England in a conference championship game one day. This guy can do it. So I feel good about it from that standpoint. The flip side is they play at Tampa this week, and the AFC is really hard. And if they lose their seven and six, and right now they're the seven seed in the AFC, Indy's on a bye and is definitely a playoff team, I think, should be. So Buffalo does have to win football games here coming up. They'll play New England again in a couple of weeks. They also still play the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Jets. So, you know, Buffalo should be at least a 10-win team. Um, I think I, mean, the- I was going to pull up the the Chargers guys still have the Giants, the Texans, the Broncos, and the Raiders. So, like, the Chargers are, what, 7-5? and five? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say the Chargers are getting to 10. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, well, John, one are of the Chargers about, in the playoffs right now. Yeah, they're the five seed right now. Okay, so they're not. They wouldn't take any well, spot. No, but but just think about this: of these um, four teams, one of them's not making the playoffs. Chargers, Bengals, Bills, or Colts. Somebody in that group is not making the playoffs. Kansas City will. Baltimore's in good shape. Tennessee and New England. I know you're not. You haven't mentioned their name yet, but if Steelers play Thursday night, they'd be seven five and one, and just right. they'd be in the mix. Their yep. defense is good. I mean, yeah, I know. I wouldn't just. I, I just don't discount that whole operation. They just they survive. It's not pretty with old Ben, but they are fucking survivors. <laughs> I know you're right because they they just did it against Baltimore. They had no business winning that game, and they won it. I, and I'm I'll pull up their schedule. They got Vikings beaten- Thursday. Beaten yeah. Buffalo already, by the way. Then Even they get one. the Titans at home. Then they go to the Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. So their schedule is a little harder. Pretty tough. But they, they they almost have to win these next two games to have a fighting shot. Uh, we'll see the hearing, Browns though. The Browns could just get KO'd, right? They lose this weekend. The Ravens, they're just they're done. You don't even consider them a playoff team, do you? Uh, no, I was not considering them a playoff team. Niners are lucky they don't have to deal with all this bullshit because they would be fucked. Browns right? are coming off a bye. Whatever that's worth to you. Yeah, I mean they play me Ravens. Just isn't good. I don't, yeah, Ravens, Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. That's what the Browns have coming up. That's not easy. So the Raiders are in. If they get beat by the Chiefs this week, bye bye to them. Yeah, I mean I've already bye bye them once this year, and then they came back. So I I hesitate to bye bye them again, but they'd be in I mean, trouble. They'd be yeah. The AFC just doesn't give you. They play the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts, the Chargers. I mean that's. It's just some of these AFC schedules are just crazy. The AFC's crazy. Well, the Broncos are going to be an eight and nine team that they're just going to have. They're going to beat a couple of these teams that don't make it, and their lo- that loss is going to kill them. Right? You're going to look up, and they're going to be eight and nine, or even if they're seven and ten, a couple of their wins will be. Uh, I guess maybe not. They've lost to a lot of people in the AFC, but they have taken out the football team and the Cowboys. I know. I guess they, they beat the they beat the Chargers. They're unwatchable, but. They win some football. How many? Oh, no, that was Jalen Waddle. You told me he has a bunch of catches. 86, 86. to be exact. Oof. Holy smokes. That's pretty nuts. That is nuts. I don't think Ayuk has 86 catches in his career. <laughs> I mean, no chance he does, right? Uh, he might be. He might. He might be close to that number. Did he have? Yeah, he's, what, he's got 95. Yeah. Sneaky 35 this year. I would have guessed like 20. He yeah, might be able to get up to that 55 mark. I think he might, yeah. Like, this might be a week. We'll see. We'll talk about Debo. But. What if he, if he, if IU can get to like 60 and six touchdowns, 
salvage the season. Hell no. yes. <laughs> salvage the season. It'll be one of Honestly, those. Honestly, that number could be a little lower if he could just pull a Deshaun Jackson punt return out of his ass, which doesn't really feel like he's got in the bag. It'd be one of those years where, he, where maybe in 2022 he has a great year and you go, a breakout season, and somebody will say, no, you know, the people who are really paying attention know that Ayuk's second half of 2021 was where it all came together. That might be what happens to him this year. Yeah. Check this out. Josh Dubow. I knew we could go to Josh Dubow of the Associated Press. Three pass attempts for Mac Jones in the Monday night win. The fewest passes in a game since 1948. 1950 and 1949, there were two teams, the Browns and the Steelers, each played a game without a pass attempt. In 1949, the New York Bulldogs won a 7 to nothing game against the Eagles with one pass attempt. That would have been a fun game to watch, Bulldogs versus the Eagles. I mean, what are the chances? Was It, it was in uh, September, so it might have not been freezing cold. might have been sunny no, that day. probably would have been a nice night, yeah. Uh, and in 1974, the Bills had two pass attempts in a 16 to 12 win over the Jets. Nobody has lost with the uh, low pass attempt number. I guess it's evidence that if you're losing, you throw the football. Three pass attempts. The first, remember, was the ball batted up in the air and caught. Was that John New Smith who made that play? Uh, yeah. The second was like a rollout sideline throw, and the third, I think, was a screen play. Underrated part, too, about his first pass attempt slash completion that was his only, you know, he was one of one at halftime for 12 yards. Peyton pointed this out. I think he changed the play at the line, and Josh immediately screamed at him. Like, I don't think that was supposed to, Peyton did not think that was supposed to be a pass play. <laughs> That's incredible. So, they, so by design. There's a chance he could have got to halftime with zero zero zeros. So you think that Josh called two passes in the game on Monday? Well, I just think Mac. It's pretty clear one thing Mac definitely brings to the table is, and this is, listen, this we probably jumped over this because you can't quantify it. His mind is really, really high level for a 22-year-old at the quarterback position. To be able to do, even do what he's doing before last night at New England, that is really hard, right? No one argues. It's hard for veteran guys that, you know, I was going to say transfer in, but in the pros, get traded, get you know signed there, that go play for the Patriots, that playbook. There is no doubt in my mind that he like has the ability to audible shit at the line of scrimmage, and he sees fifteen the guys in the box. Maybe he did it, and that was like, do never, not in this game, Mac. And he got yelled at. Josh lit into him. Here he was doing the right thing all week, ignoring Peyton's calls, and he still got in trouble. Yeah. So what does it tell us about Mac Jones? Uh, does it tell us that Mac Jones will never be the guy? Does it tell us that? Mac Jones is in the perfect spot. I mean, I, I think you probably have to start there. This guy now has played for Nick Saban and Alabama, turned in a Heisman season, and then goes to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, you know, not every situation is created equal. We know that. And you could argue this guy has been in two of the most perfect situations for him that anybody could possibly be in. It's pretty incredible. Now, maybe because he was Alabama's quarterback, he became the Patriots quarterback, right? We know that Bill and Nick are very close. Yeah, We know that Bill, I think we could say this too, Bill, you know, Bill, I, I don't think Bill has like some great desire to have some 50, $40 million a year quarterback. Um, you know, like clearly Andy Reid wants or like Kyle Shanahan has turned his attention to maybe once he didn't want to be that guy. Now he does. Bill, Bill's attitude is let me handle everything. That's his attitude with his assistants for the most part. And it's kind of his attitude with his team. I'll take care of it. You just do what I tell you. Well, I would say this. The, the Bama guys that Bill has on his team are like football geniuses. 
like Hightower. I don't. What position does that guy play? Absolutely everything. I mean, he's been on their team for feels like a decade. Does it all for them. You know, Damian Harris. Is he sneaky? A more consistent. I mean, Josh Jacobs is awesome. Is Damian Harris a better, just pure runner? Like that guy is good. Like that guy is really good. Now he hurt his hamstring last night. Uh, I'm tra- uh, Bearmore, the dude they drafted in the second round. Do you know what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan would do to flop that guy for Javon Kinlaw? I mean, they would give anything. That guy is unmovable. And then Mac Jones, yeah, I, he's been. You could argue. I, I was thinking about this last night, watching it, and even today, like it just that's one of the greatest landing spots for a guy drafted in the top. We've seen Roethlisberger before. Guys get drafted in the twenties and get to start. Like let's say Jordan Love would have been better than he is and like Rodgers would have disappeared and he'd take a little job. Like that would have been an incredible spot to just jump into. This is even better. They run the ball nonstop and they play elite defense and their coach is Bill and Josh. I, I, how does it get any better? Like you could say, well, the, the Niners would not have been better. Their defense isn't even close to that. And Kyle ain't Bill. Not even close. Like Bill's the greatest coach of all time. I don't know if Josh will ever make a good head coach or not. But it's pretty well established now. He is a great offensive coordinator, right? Yes, I think he is. The, I mean, Vrabel is a little different. I, I don't know if Josh is Bill's greatest assistant ever. I think he's been Bill's most valuable assistant. Vrabel um, never worked for Bill. Yeah, it's a good point. It's not the he's not the same. It's it's. I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's really odd. Most of Bill's guys, I don't think Joe's going to make it, could come back. Most of Bill's guys get another job, get another shot, and then work in the media. I mean, Pioli, Weiss, I don't know, which Romeo probably doesn't follow that. Um, (laughs) Mangini. Mangini, Lombardi. Why do Bill's guys all quit football after they get their other shot? It's like, well, I can either go back to Bill or just fuck it. And they're just like, ah, forget it. I don't know. It's weird. But Josh came back, and I don't know if Josh has been told. I'd be very interested. Like, has Josh been explicitly told he's the coach in waiting in New England? Or, you know, could he get swooped by Bill's son? Or is Bill's son just destined to be Josh's defensive coordinator? But I feel like Bill's son has a move in him. Like, uh, leave Bill. I was going to say he just became the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. But I just saw Ohio State stole Oklahoma State's guy that Gundy yeah. was begging them to pay him like a you know a big time guy, which yeah. I feel bad for Gundy always loses his sweet coordinators. Every time <laughs> he, he, every That's time why he started Gundy. hiring like JC coaches. He's like, I oh, forget yeah. this. <laughs> I know. I, if you just told me that Steve Belichick, now he probably doesn't want to go to college, so maybe an NFL job. But like, I don't. I couldn't see Steve Belichick going to like the Vikings or something. Like he, why would you leave winning to go? But it does feel like he'll bounce to to go, to maybe even come back. But why does he? Ha- I mean, I agree with you. Well, he's but not the defensive coordinator. Isn't Bill? But nobody the is. Bill is. Bill is. Yeah. Because Ger- Gerard Mayo is not. I. Bill, you know, just coach everything and then take over here. I bet you know Bill's. Like, and I'm sure yeah, Bill I'm has go- told him, "Yeah, you want to be somewhere else, but you know where? You know what else you might end up? You might end up in Cleveland, like I did, working for Art Modell. You might end up." with the giants, but you know, they try to force you to take the job and you don't want it. The jets, you don't stay here. Well, why, what do you have to prove to anybody? Just win here. What difference does it make? Belichick. Most, when I look at most coaching staffs in the NFL or even college, they have like 700 guys on their staffs. 
Belichick's defensive staff is six guys. It's Bill, who counts as five guys, and then five other guys. It's ten guys. I get, our guy Cole Popovich must have got the jab because he quit, but oh. I went to their website and he's back. Oh, or maybe they never so took like, him hey, off. Guy, hey, Bill, I got no booster, but I'm back. Bill's like, fine, but we won't announce your return. But, he does have a he does have Michael Lombardi's kid is the wide receiver coach Mick. Wasn't he with the, the Niners? Patriots. He Briefly. was Jim Harbaugh's assistant. That's yeah. right, Jim Harbaugh's assistant. Um, Which has got to be—I mean, he's had a Mick Lombardi. That guy's got some good stories. He was Jim Harbaugh's personal assistant, which is every head coach in the NFL has one for four years, and now he's been on Bill's staff for several years. Like that's people like if you go to a dinner party, I'd want to sit next to that guy. It's great stories. <laughs> Jesus. So here's the thing with quarterbacks, because, uh, you know, people love to talk about this and say winning is not a a QB stat. But I do think it is in this sense. If you're the quarterback of a winning team, even if you're not the reason your team is winning, you generally keep your job, don't you? Yes. Like, you know, Alex lost his job to Mahomes in Kansas City. Not normal. For the most part, as long as your team keeps winning, even if you're not great, you will keep your job especially if your team is coached by Bill Belichick and you're about defense and running the football. As long as this team, like my point is whatever Mac is right now, whatever his limitations are right now, he is going to get the opportunity to develop into whatever the best version of Mac Jones is. He'll get that chance in New England at this rate. I mean, they're the one seed in the AFC right now. Belichick, as I predicted in the offseason, was great value, is going to be the coach of the year in the NFL this year. Um, which, you know, he could be every year, but uh, by and I, large, King, King, what if Kingsbury goes like, yeah, 15 I, and two, 15 and two, maybe he will. You're right. He, that's a legitimate, that's legitimate. Cause his fingerprints are all over the thing, but it's hard for bill to be the coach of the year because people always expect him to be good. And that's not how you win the coach of the year award in the last 11 years, eight of the guys that win the award coach teams who had low expectations. Well, what's Stephansky. a more incredible, what's a more incredible accomplishment? The Patriots being the number one overall seed or the Cardinals being the number one overall seed. Yeah, Patriots I think underrated. Both pretty, like that's pretty eye-opening. Right? Yeah, it is. But I think the Cardinals thing, the Cardinals, if you if we track it back, like had a first round quarterback, cut him, traded him, and then hired and then drafted another first round quarterback, number one. I, you know, with everyone counting them out and them doing some unconventional things defensively. So I they get a lot of credit too. Like I Bill, is it that crazy that one of the greatest coaches or the greatest coach in NFL history had a good football team? You know, I mean, with a good defense. I, I think good I think this after would they be spent, one, after they spent a historic amount of money in the offseason. But I'd say in the NFL, it's not like baseball. It doesn't necessarily. We've seen a lot of teams spend money historically. Hell, I was on one with the Eagles. The football team did it For forever. Sure. It does not usually equal. There's a no. the reason he did it wasn't even necessarily because there weren't good players available every year. I just think he thought like it's not the right way to build your team. A little bit of desperation, but the desperation like. The guys he signed, I to me the most impressive thing, and this to me Kyle can take some notes on this, is Nikhil Harry, who is one of the more polarizing first round picks. Like, yeah, is he a good wide receiver? Clearly not. Did you see him last night? He blocks like he's a he's fucking throwing around his pads like he's a linebacker. He destroys people at the point of attack. Bill, even a guy that he he has to be like, if I could do this one over, I would do this one over. But he's found a way. Everyone hates him. They don't have any wide receivers. He still utilizes Nikhil Harry and somehow gets the guy to buy in to block. 
Now he's still, I mean, he cost them the one touchdown they gave up all game. I, you know, freak deal off his helmet. But I, Bill, to me, is, I'm glad this year happens, and hopefully it keeps happening. Now, we'll see in the playoffs. It's, you know, the Niners did it the one year where you could win an NFC Championship game with eight attempts. I don't think that's typical. That that might be an outlier situation in the history of the game, in, in modern football. Like, I don't think Bill is going to be able to win the AFC Championship game with Mac having less than ten attempts, like I don't think that's possible. I I, I really think that's a, an, I mean, because they were busting multiple like fifty yard runs. He had one last night, but Kyle had like three that game. That I I have a hard time seeing that happen. So like my point is like they might not go to the Super Bowl this year, but if he gets the one seed and wins a playoff game, even if they lose in the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs or the Ravens or something. It's one of the more remarkable FU on back seasons that I can remember in a coach in a long time. Yes, but I don't think we should be surprised by it. I don't think we should be. I mean, they were competitive last year. Well, they, with, they have a rookie. They have a rookie quarterback. Like that's I, I that's where I do give Matt credit. Like that's hard to do. To win I'm giving everybody credit. I'm just saying we shouldn't be shocked when the greatest coach in NFL history makes the most of this situation with Mac Jones. I mean. Clearly, he values Mac Jones more than he valued the guy that he actually won some football games with last year in Cam Newton. So uh, the question is, can you ever win a Super Bowl with Mac? And I don't know if the answer is yes to that question because it's not a great sign when your quarterback is limited to three throws and only two of them you called. Because like you said, it's not sustainable. would Would the Bills trade Josh Allen for Mac Jones? Now, it's not fair because one guy's been in the league four and a half years. The other guy's been eight games. No. Ten games. Right, no chance. Would Bill trade Mac Jones for Josh Allen? Of course. We sure? Yes, because if Mac Jones was the Bills quarterback, what would the final score of Monday Night Football have been? Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. They would have had no chance because they couldn't run it and he can't throw it. Who would Bill rather coach against? Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I also think... I was trying to be devil's advocate. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just... With Mac... There's a lot of like, well, this is Tom Brady. Uh, let's pump the brakes. They are they are playing football the way you play with a quarterback who eventually you'd like to replace. But if they keep winning with this guy, maybe he well, gets I, the I, chance. I, I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna push back on that. I do think as a rookie, you operate a little bit like the way you do when you're trying to replace a quarterback, just because you try to make it easy on him. Right, like Kyle's doing, he's playing football with Jimmy Garoppolo as a guy he's going to get rid of. He tries to avoid. They're doing that. Part of it, you know, it takes time to prove yourself, right? You just, you want to make it as easy on him as possible. And that's what a good coach does. I'm just saying, yeah. like, their mindset with Mac is just to make it, and, and they just, the way they think, they, they do live week to week, right? I mean, Bill, the way he builds his team is big picture, but like, they're obsessed with winning that game. Like if Tom Brady had been playing in that game, I had this thought last night. They still might have, he might have only had 12 attempts. Like he wouldn't have had 30, right? right. There would have been no right. need. He would have had probably a historic historical low in attempts, right? Well, yeah, For I him, mean put it this way, 12 if you had, or 15. If you had said to any, if you'd done a pregame interview with any coach who coaches any team before that game last night, to coach, what's the key tonight? What would they have said? Run the ball, control the Run clock, the ball. not turn yeah. not turn the ball over. Yeah, so I don't think you're right. We shouldn't damn all of Mac's abilities off that game, and I'm not. I, my point is, and I'm agreeing with your original statement, which was this is an all-time landing spot match for Mac Jones because his coach is so good, because his offensive coordinator is so good, because he's 
defense is so good. Number one defense in the league by points right now. Bills are actually number two. Because they're so good, he's going to get the chance to become the best version of whatever he is. Yeah. We are going to find out what Mac Jones' best is. We're going to find out. He is going to be, they're going to win enough games that this guy is the starter for the foreseeable future. Even if they play that game once a year and he throws three passes once a year in that game every year. But, uh, you know, I think anytime you play a game where your quarterback throws three passes, it tells us what you think, A. But on the flip side of that, let's not make that everything that Mac Jones is because there's clearly something there with him. What I'd be interested, if you were sitting down, I don't even know if Saban drinks, and just having a conversation with Saban. Because Bryce was on the team last year. He didn't play. I mean, he was a red shirt. But he was in pads and standing right next to Mac and, I guess, Sark last year. Nick, what was your game plan? Clearly, Mac was better than you envisioned him being, right? He, Like you said, he had a Heisman-level season. They were fucking incredible. What would you have done if Mac's like, you know, I'm actually going to return? I don't know. Now, I, it would have been, obviously, Mac to me goes into spring practice, probably the fall, but you watching that kid, right? It's a little different animal. I mean, he's going to win the Heisman, probably. <laughs> probably in a landslide, right? But now, Mac was fantastic. Ma- Mac was, fa- like, they would have been probably just as good. Now, it does feel their offensive line's a little worse this year. Uh, they lost Landon Dickerson to the Eagles, who got drafted towards ACL. They lost Leatherwood. So, you know, even for them, you lose those guys. Like, not every next guy is a lock first rounder. But, you know, sometimes those situations, I bet Nick's just like, I'm glad it just worked out the way it worked out. He might have, yeah, he might have just told him to go and then told Bill, Bill, just take him in the, in the fourth round. If, you know, if he had not had as good a year last year. Yeah. Bill, trust me, just take him in the fourth and it'd be the same situation. Because I remember hearing about Bryce Young when he was in high school. Yeah, when he was committed to I think SC. A, lot, a lot of people did. He was a pretty big. Uh, he was committed to SC. Was that was a big deal. deal. Bill Bill the Butcher on YouTube says these two are so jealous of Jones, it's sad. I think it's I think so many quarterbacks should be jealous. You know, there's so many quarterbacks who played in the league and said, Man, if I only been in the right situation, Mac Jones will never say that. If I'd only been in the right situation. Well, like I'll here's what I'll say about like Zach Wilson, for instance, is a much more talented player than Mac Jones. But like I don't think Zach Wilson the Patriots would have been better this year with Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Yeah. But if you put Mac Jones on the Jets, even though Mac Jones is probably a smarter player who just, you know, was getting coached at a much higher level than Alabama, the Jets would still be equally shitty. Maybe a little bit better because he dumped the ball off instead of pushing the ball, maybe not throw as many picks, even though Mac pretty sure has nine interceptions. Um didn't really even have the opportunity to throw one last night. And that's that's good coaching, right? You don't put your guy in a position where he's going to throw a pick. But, like, I put Mac on the Jags or I put Mac on the Jets. They're, they're, they're an abomination. Now, if I put Mac, I think the argument is if Mac Jones had been on the Niners and they had just got rid of Jimmy, whether they had had to cut him or whatever, and they just gone all in with Mac, where I might hear you is the Niners, Mac Jones might be a better player than Jimmy. But if that's the bar... Like, that's a pretty low bar. Because as we see this year, Jimmy's not that great of a player. Now, the difference is Mac would only be a rookie. He'd have a long way to keep improving. But, like, if Mac Jones had been the quarterback for the 49ers for 12 games, given what we've seen of Jimmy, I I do think it's fair to say they might at least have one more win. Jimmy's been pretty bad in some big spots. Now, so they they were dependent on Jimmy to throw some of these games, throw 35, 40 times. We've had to ask him to do... 
I don't, you know, we're talking about a, we're talking about a fantastic defense right now in New England, right? I mean, elite. So I, I don't, I think maybe Mac could be that, but I'm not. And they ha- they right have to now. have one of the better running games in the league too. You know, statistically, I bet yards per carry. Yeah, I, I don't attempts. Like, well, I, I, I'm trying to be very measured in my Garoppolo criticism because even though I think there are flaws, I, I do think he does some things that he does because he's a veteran quarterback. And Mac Jones just is not that right now. Now, maybe he could become better than him in that way. There are just like so much of it is what are your skills and can the place you're going make the most of those skills? And if you're on a bad team, having a you know, photographic memory and knowing where to go with the football doesn't really serve you as well as being athletic serves you, right? If you're on a bad team, knowing where to go to the ball is irrelevant. If your skill players aren't good, if you're going to have to score 34 points a game to win, so you're not going to win games. With Mac Jones's skill set as a rookie on a bad team, your skill set doesn't elevate bad players. But I think there are things that Mac Jones does that are the difference between being a good team and then maybe taking that next step. And that is what you get out of him in New England. So will he ever be the guy that can put a team on his back and throw 45 times? He might. I think every quarterback in the NFL that's like starting level, and I'd say Jimmy is the, is definitely this, you can have three or four games a year where it's like, today we need you, and they can deliver, right? There are a lot of guys who aren't like franchise quarterbacks can Taylor Heineke and Fitzpatrick and like they can give you that from time to time. What would you say like a Rodgers or Mahomes? You depend maybe 12 out of the 17. Yeah, if I said this is how we got to have to play the whole year, you go, we can still win the division and make the playoffs. Now we not yeah. maybe we can't win a championship if we can't defend or we can't run the ball, but we can still win 10, 11 games. And I, I, and I think because this team is going to win games, it maximizes what Max Jones's value is. And then you get the chance to build on that and build on that and build on that. And maybe you can pull things out of a person that you wouldn't be able to pull out of him if he was the quarterback of the Jags or the Giants or the Jets. But but also, sometimes in life, there's nothing I saw. They asked Tiger Woods. Uh, Steve Sands was talking to him last week. Sandsy. Uh, Sandsy, yeah. They asked him about his leg. And, you know, he said, he said, Tiger... Do you feel you got pretty lucky in the situation? And he said, let me stop you. I didn't just get lucky in the situation. My whole life has been lucky. And, it's, you know, I bet Tiger could easily, like, I've worked for this. Like, I created this. My life, I think about what I get to do now. If you hadn't existed, who fucking knows once I got out of football what would have happened? I, there, there's no guarantee anything. Sometimes being lucky, like, he's not lucky that Mac Jones is not lucky that he ended up at Alabama, right? You have to be so good as a 16, 17-year-old, to have Nick Saban offer you a scholarship. Your talent, obviously you got, you're lucky to get some God-given talent, but Mac wasn't even going there to be a starter, right? He was going there, they were just getting probably quarterback depth, and he was third on the depth chart, you know, that the year that he ended up starting after some injuries and transfers. But clearly his work ethic and stuff, but he ends up at Alabama with, a, with an offensive coach, which I don't think he's a very good head coach, but Sark's a good offensive coordinator. Was with Pete Carroll, was with the Atlanta Falcons, was with Alabama, right? That's that's a good spot. And then he gets drafted by Belichick and Josh. Like sometimes being lucky, it's it's not. I think a lot of people are insecure to say that because it like diminishes everything that goes on, right? Like I, I think sometimes like here, but I think anybody that's, that's like 
that's had some success like, acknowledges their own luck or should. Yeah, like sometimes just being lucky, like is a good thing. Well, right? most like most things, it's never one thing; it's a combination of things, right? So he's lucky that uh, by he's lucky that Bill and Nick are tight. Maybe that helped him get drafted by the Patriots. He's lucky the Jets didn't love him. He's lucky there were other quarterbacks in this draft, right? In some yeah. ways, he's lucky that he wasn't better. Otherwise, he'd be on the Jets right now. Alabama's starting quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, is the fourth he didn't he, he didn't win it but you know what i'm saying heisman is the fifth quarterback taken in a draft fourth or fifth quarterback taken in a draft like that's pretty crazy he was the well fifth. why well because there's four other i mean it's just yeah it's just like tom do you know what's crazy would, would, would tom tom would be walking around with no chip on his shoulder if he'd been a first round pick by some shitty franchise like better off being in the sixth round 199 of the patriots did Tua win the heisman Devonte. oh Tua. I don't know if Tua did. I want to say like he did. he did. I feel like he did maybe like a sophomore year. They put the thing around his neck like when he went up there. But I was going to say Tua won it. I then Devontae won crowd. it. And, and Mac was right there. And then Bryce Young's going to win it. Like they're having a pretty good run right now at Tuscaloosa. Knocking off no, some he Heismans. Uh, Burrow, uh, Kyler, Burrow, Devontae. But I think Tua might have been wearing the leg. You're right. He was He was wearing in the crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His year that he guess he would have been the mix was uh was J- Joe Burrow's. Was Burrow's year. Yeah. And then even the other year, I think he was good. Was Kyler's year, right? Because Jalen had already gone pro. Or no, Jalen was after Kyler. Jalen was after Kyler, which was Tua's. That year, Tua's with last year. Yeah. Yeah. Or second, second to last year. Yeah, Jalen. So Kyler go. Kyler wins it. Goes pro. Oklahoma needs a quarterback. Tua is the takes over the job, you know. Tua, Jalen then transfers to Oklahoma, and that was the year nineteen that Tua and Joe Burrow met in that huge game. I think the game was at Alabama, and Joe Burrow. And then they scored like forty points in the first half. But then Alabama sneaky kind of came back in the second half. I mean, there were seven million, you know, first round wide receivers in that game combined. I know, and Najee, I think- and Clyde, who's sneaky coming on. I I. Um, my last point on Mac for now is I, I think I think 2022 is going to be a really interesting year, and there will be a lot of Mac takes out of this year. What's clear is he's set up. Remember, he was not even really their starter in camp. It was like this back-and-forth thing. It didn't look like – it looked like Cam Newton was going to be their opening day starter. Well, he, he's right? the only guy of the group that's played in games that matter of the five rookies. Well, they, they yeah, are well, be but I'm just saying now you're going to have this whole offseason with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and a full year as a starter for Mac Jones. And who knows? I mean, I, I do think there's a, a very high probability that Mac Jones takes a big step in 2022 from 2021. Just well, given, I, I just given, just like, think about team. it. <laughs> None of those guys are going anywhere. What if he finally hits on a wide receiver in the draft? What if he just drafts a second-round wide receiver that just turns out to be, I don't know, Debo or Justin Jefferson? Like, what if he does actually land that guy? They already got all these other guys under contract. That's all he needs to do is like, hey, guys, we have one offseason goal. Can we just find a wide receiver for this guy? Because we've seen him play with these guys. They've had a lot of success. Like, I'll give Miami credit on this. Part of the reason they got Waddle, because they thought him and Tua had a great connection. Like, they were right on that, right? Like you don't luck into eighty six catches through twelve games. Like that's not like this. This is beyond like luck or just like they have a good connection. Like that's just that works. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, 86, they got a, five games left. No mathematician was going to have 120 catches as a rookie. That's remarkable. On a team that doesn't even feel like they're that explosive? No. I mean, what? I guess Jefferson had the record last year. But it's like it's more understandable when you watch Justin Jefferson why it worked. He's bigger. Waddle's small. Whenever John, I do Tua has clips Miami, fewer, fewer passing yards this year than Sam Darnold. Actually, he's going to pass Jefferson at 88 last year. He's oh. going to pass him for sure. Fewer passing yards than Sam Darnold. Well, I'm pretty sure that Waddle was uh, was 86 catches and like 700 yards. I don't. It's not like he has a thousand yards. But let me That's double not, check yeah, that bad boy. Now he has 850. Where does that put him? Do you have that ranking right now? He was tied for third in catches in yards. He's got a bunch of guys ahead of him because there's already a bunch of guys like Debo. Wasn't Debo already at a thousand? Yeah. Like for yards, for example. The top four guys, Debo's at a thousand, Devontae's at a thousand, Jefferson's at twelve hundred. Like Jefferson's just a dude's a mo- cup's got fourteen hundred. But the the eighty six catches, yeah, he's way down. He's fifteenth. In receptions, though, he's tied for second with Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle. And That's Cooper Cup has like a hundred. Cooper Cup has a hundred, yeah. Literally oh. has a hundred. Has a hundred. Incredible. So so Waddle has more catches than guys like Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, who clearly is really good. Uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed.com slash Hammer. Right now, you get a $75 sponsored job credit when you upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Ham. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Think of yourself like Rob Mullins, the AD at Oregon, with the signing day coming less than seven days away, and you need a new head football coach. So what do you need? You need to figure out who your candidates are. You need to pare that list down. You need to interview them, and you need to hire them. And that's where Indeed helps you. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Let Indeed be your search firm. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed.com slash ham. Pick the skills that are important to you from over 135 assessments and get a clear view of your top talents, abilities faster. Is he an OC? Is it QC? Good recruiter, defensive coordinator, does it all. Do I have Belichick on my hands? $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. The number one source for hires in the U.S. according to Talent Nest. A franchise quarterback won't shine without an all-pro O-line. You're the quarterback. Get you some big uglies. I don't know if that's how they want to be referred to it, Indeed, but they're big beautifuls at Indeed.com slash ham. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You need Indeed.com slash ham. Could be small uglies. We don't discriminate. (laughs) Podcast also brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV. Promo code ham. Get you 25% off anything at LiquidIV.com. LiquidIV.com. Yeah, I mean, you and I have been loyal users since they sent us 7 million pounds of Liquid IV product, and it's fantastic. <laughs> Energy multiplier, they have a hydration multiplier. You just take a swig of your water bottle, pour it in your water bottle. It adds you hydration, nutrients, uh, electrolytes, potassium, more than even a banana, more electrolytes than you know a, a, an orange. You know, th- there's a reason this stuff works. Drinking, you know, you're a little hungover, slam one of these, you feel fantastic. Just go to liquidiv.com, promo code ham, get yourself 25% off. I cannot recommend this stuff enough. 
liquidiv.com. Go check it out. Yeah, right now, two juicy flavors are back, John. Pina colada and golden cherry hydration multipliers, the five essential vitamins. Just because you're not sweating doesn't mean you're dehydrated, especially with the holidays coming up if you're traveling. If you're heading up to the mountains, maybe you got some elevation. Whatever it is you're doing, maybe you're getting just emotionally taxed by your family. You're not sleeping. Kids are on vacation, right? They're not in school. They're up late. And it's just it's fraying you bit by bit by bit. One stick of liquid IV, 16 ounces of water, hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Plus, they got watermelon and strawberry and lemon lime. Grab your oh. favorite liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart or get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code HAM at checkout. That's liquidiv.com, 25% off anything uh, with uh, the code HAM at checkout. Get your better hydration right now at liquidiv.com. Promo code HAM. Let's do it. Somebody, did you see that somebody tweeted us today? They photoshopped a ham on Cordell Stewart's body, and they said, this is I all I think it. about when somebody says slash ham. I saw that. I saw that uh, someone forwarded me this rant Fred Smoot went on and about RG3 with his tell-all book, and he called him the ugliest quarterback because the guy, you know, RG3 was claiming that he got, like, sexually assaulted. And these, it was like Fred Smoot and LeVar Arrington were like, I, I, I have a hard time even under, like, what's he even talking about? Yeah. And then he kind of started making fun of him, like, RG3, you're the ugliest quarterback in, like, the history of the league. But then he started talking about, you know, the teams that always had the ugly quarterbacks were the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's like, Big Ben, Bradshaw. He's like, even Slash wasn't that good looking of a guy. Fred Smoosh just crushing people. But, RG, but, his point on RG3, but his point on RG3 was like, you know, as a player, once you get a little older, you always want to have the one team that just is going to welcome you back. You know, it's like, hey, in town, like, hey, you want to come to a game? And it's like, RG3, that is your only opportunity. You won Rookie of the Year there. Just You're going to just shit on that. They're going to hate you. The Ravens don't even know you existed, even though you played on their team for a year. Like, just, I, I don't know if that's the right tactic to take. Because everyone, do you notice ESPN is pumping RG3? It's like, guys, he, he claimed like Cincinnati got a raw deal. It's like RG3's coming out with some takes out of left field. Have you well, seen he's some been of doing games for them? Have you noticed that? I immediately mute whenever I see that. But to yeah, me, the, the games, he's okay. He's not as – I've seen him on some studio shows. Not that I watch studio shows, but in my timeline, he has like – clearly someone got in his ear like, Robert, you know how to make it this company? Fucking just come with some curveballs out of left field. So he'll be like, you know – uh, the best rookie quarterback. He's like, I'm telling you, we haven't seen this guy play a snap, but I'd give a max right now to Kellen Mond. I'm, I, I know him. I, I practice with him. Best. You were, he's like, Whoa. wait, that's a real he, take. No, no, I'm just saying that's like oh, RG3's oh. move right now is doing yeah. shit like that. Yeah. You got to do. I mean, you got to get on TV as much as possible as you're him because you got all these suits. You're still in playing shape. You got to wear them somewhere. Might as well do games. Might as well be on television. Well, the game. I. Yeah, I just. I, I'm sorry. When I see Robert Griffin the third, I can't take him seriously. Like, just like, I, I can't say I've even heard much of it. Yeah, maybe I haven't watched him. Yeah, they throw but, him on some studio shows. I mean, I've seen him there, but I haven't been like, oh, let's check out this take real quick. It's like the problem is for Robert is that most people look at you and your career is kind of a clown show. Because like Orlovsky, okay, he ran out of the back of the end zone. We can make fun of but it's like he was a lifetime backup quarterback, and clearly people just like he was a good teammate. People liked him. Like Robert, you were kind of viewed as like a toxic human being. Like you know, your dad told Mike Shanahan what offense to run by your second year. Like that's and listen, 
is it fair to get defined by your twenty yourself at twenty three years old? Probably not. But didn't he leave his pregnant wife or something? Like it's just I I, just, I don't remember what the deal was. I mean, was it really? No, this can't be right. God, it didn't. Did it feel to you like he played four, eight years in the league? Well, I mean, played how many years? How many years did he play for the football team? Four, but didn't play in fifteen. Which was Ben Cousins' time, probably. Then was out in 17 after his year in Cleveland. Came back to three years in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Sashi Brown signed him. (laughs) Forgot about that. I forgot about the year he was just out. I guess recovering. From what? I don't know. Why He didn't play in a game in 15. I think he just got out because he sucked. Felt like it was over, right? Really, he had one good year of his career, right? Rookie season. Um... Yeah, yeah. I mean, year two was 60%, 16 touchdown passes, 17, uh, 12 interceptions, sorry. 16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, no rushing touchdowns, year two. Was he the full-time starter his third year? Did he start 16 games? No, seven starts. That was the beginning of the end. Then no fifth-year option. Then Really, it feels like 13 was kind of the beginning of the end. He led the league in pass attempts in 13. Led the league in yards. Cousins was pretty lucky. Did he begin starting because he's a mid-round pick on his fourth year of his contract, and then all of a sudden he's going to be a free agent? It's like, right. what do you guys want to do with me? You know, it's yeah. like, you're going to let me go? They're like, fuck. And they just franchise him. It's just like his contract was over, right? He just Because he came in the league the same year as Robert. So once he began playing, it's like, well, hey, guys, we're, we're on year three and a half here. I don't have a seven-year deal. They kind of got... Little unlucky the way the timing of it all played out. I guess what were they going to do? Not play the number two overall pick? Like they, they had to write it out those first couple of years. But then once it was over for Robert, Cousins came in and was clearly like way better than Robert. That was the other problem. So you're replacing the number two overall pick, and then you come in and you're just way sweeter. Someone's asking in the chat, does liquid IV taste good? It does. Is it like sparkling? It's not like sparkling water. It's like uh, it'd be like uh, you know the uh, vitamin C packets, emergency. Kind of like you just pour it in, slam it. You used, you know, the one I have has like a watermelon type flavor. I like it. So I think one thing that was going around, it, it, our uh, you tweeted this. We 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 were on a text thread with somebody who made the point as well that Monday Night Football that the Patriots played uh, Kyle Shanahan's dream game on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, do you agree with that? Do you, I mean, not agree with it. You said it kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of serious. What do you think Kyle Shanahan's dream game looks like? I'd say the NFC Championship. Maybe not three attempts. I mean, to me, part of that game, it's easy to make fun of it. It, it was 20 degrees and 75 mile an hour winds, right? It was weird because, like, on TV, the winds, it didn't feel that windy until they, like, kind of showed shots of flags and stuff, right? Yeah. I think his dream game is not like Andy Reid's dream game is 700 yards in the air. That's not arguable. Like it would be, it would be 50 points on the board and at minimum six touchdowns. Maybe he'd get a running touchdown for Clyde or something, but it's throwing the ball. I I think we can, we don't need to really argue this one about Kyle, what he prefers and that's running the football. So does his dad. Like it's, it's the family motto is the zone runs. Right. 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 I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, that part's not debatable. 
But I think you know, he wants a sweet quarterback more than maybe Bill. Like I don't think Bill cares. I do think Kyle does care. That's where I I would I see where yeah, I'm going. I, like 2019, the 49ers were 29th in pass attempts. They went to the Super Bowl. Could have won the Super Bowl. They were 13th in yards though. So when they did throw, they were really good throwing the football. But weren't they the number one rushing team, and their defense was one of the best? That's right. And I think that's fantastic, but I don't think I, here's what I don't think about Um, these two things. It's kind of a, they go hand in hand. Part of the reason you don't throw the football sometimes is because you can't throw the football. Throwing the football is a great way to get the football down the field. And running the football is also a great way to get the ball down the field, but it requires more things to go right because by and large, the plays you run they don't go as far as the plays you throw. Throwing the football is a more efficient way to get the ball down the field as long as you, you know, can limit mistakes if you're not turning it over. But I getting the check that's true. Like you don't nobody wants to be in a tie game kneeling on the football with 45 seconds left at the end of a half. You'd love to have a quarterback that you can trust to get the ball down the field in 45 seconds or a minute or whatever. So, I think yes, Kyle would love to never have to, every coach I think would love to never have to throw the football and just run the whole game, maybe with the exception of Andy. If you're like, that means I control the game. My quarterback never turns it over. He doesn't check. He doesn't read to the third play. It's just here's the play, run the ball, let's go, and let's take their soul. Because Michael I do. Lynch. I saw Mitchell. I saw Mitchell Schwartz tweet this the other day, and I think he's right in the comment. I've heard football people say this over the years, just talking to people. I'm sure you have too. Like part of running the football is about establishing a physical. Uh, imprint on a game. This is what we are. At the end of the day, football is a physical sport. You can't play it without physicality. And so if you're going to be the more physical team, you do something to the football game by playing the game that way. Right. Even if sometimes statistically throwing the ball makes more sense, there is a, there's just a style of football, physical foot. You just have to be a physical football team to win. You just look at the college football playoff over the years. Right. But in the in the NFL, probably more than college football, unless you play in the Big Ten, December games and January games. When you just look at a lot of the top teams historically, the last twenty years, right? New England, uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You know, Cincinnati's had a lot of playoff teams. Uh, Green Bay. Uh, you, you're talking Kansas City. Like you're uh, the NFC probably has less. You know, Seattle. They've been good. Like you go in there, it gets cold and wet. Like it's just. Part of being able to run the ball is the elements, like you saw last night, factor in. You know, it, it, the weird part is for Kyle, at, you know, in San Francisco, if his team is consistently a high-level team, the weather's not really going to play that much of a factor, right? But for a lot of these people, like for Bill Belichick, he cannot avoid the weather. For the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens and, and Andy, it, the weather is part of what they're doing. Now, I do think Andy's unique is he's coached in the weather his entire career, so I think he's just more comfortable. Like he knows what to call, I guess, in certain situations. Like he's seen enough in Philadelphia before he even got to Kansas City. Like what would work or what wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that factors in. You know, probably more than college football, right? December yes. games and and obviously yeah. playoff games in the NFL. I agree. I agree. Um, there's no feel the NFC beside Green Bay. It's probably a little less impactful than the AFC. Part of that, the giant, the NFC East with the Giants and the Eagles have been shitty the last couple of years, so you're never going right. playoff games there. Atlanta's been indoors forever. Tampa's warm as hell, and the Saints is an indoor place. So there, there, there's a division that's been out of it, and then the South, 
which has produced a couple teams over the decade, has either been indoors or it's really sunny. Well, you know, to that end was funny, just as an aside, watching the Pac-12 championship game Friday. And the Bears suck fe- always. The, uh, yeah. Although the Cardinals just won there in 35-degree temperatures, so even though the Bears aren't a playoff team, it is like the Cardinals kind of proved something this week. They could play in that weather, uh, although they did it against the Bears. But watching the Pac-12 title game on Friday, I w- it, re- it hit me like this game feels – bigger to me than it used to now maybe part of it the crowd was better because it's in vegas yeah sweet but i think part of it was it looked like all the other championship games it looked like the big 12 championship game it looked by being inside i love an outdoor game on grass but an indoor game in a sweet modern stadium on artificial surface that's what the sugar bowl looks like that's what the peach bowl looks like it's what the college football playoffs look like unless the games at the fiesta or the rose it's what the national championship generally looks like. It's what all those preseason big games when they play at Jerry World, which is where the Big 12 plays their title game, the Big 10 title game in Indianapolis, the Mercedes-Benz Dome where the SEC title game is. All these big college football games are indoors with the exception of the Fiesta and the Rose Bowl and when those games are CFP games. But all the playoff games are inside games. So that's another reason. It One conference championship game was outdoors. I saw someone tweet the ratings. It was by far the lowest viewed game, which was the ACC championship game that's played at Carolina Stadium. Oh, yeah, ACC. The SEC had 15 million people. Uh, the Big Ten, I think, had nine. The Big 12 had eight. And where's the Big 12? Oh, they play in Jerry's World. And the Pac-12 had like four and a half. The, yeah. the ACC was like two. And I, honestly, I tried to watch a little bit. I had it on the second TV. I changed it to another game. Like, it is a hard watch. Their crowd... Their crowd, though, had like what the Levi's crowd used to have. I, I do think the Vegas thing was a huge hit for the Pac-12. Yeah. And a lot of Utah fans, which helped. That's only five and a half hours. Anyway, back to Kyle. Um, so, yes, I think fundamentally. But I think what we've seen in a lot, the, the drafting of Trey Lance, you know, the joke being that's what Kyle would love to do. Jimmy Garoppolo, that's the offense. That's the game he'd love to call with Jimmy. But the drafting of Trey Lance is the acknowledgement that you can't, just rely on that forever. You can't just rely on being in total control of the game as the head coach and running the football all the time. Running backs get hurt. Your running backs get hurt. Sometimes your quarterback has to be able, and Josh Allen, like if the Bills had won the game, what would have been the story of the game instead? Instead of Josh Allen's arm penetrates the win. Yes, that's right. That would have been the story. Like Josh Allen, his team got dominated on the ground absolutely dominated. They got the the run game. They got scrubbed and Josh Allen out of the pocket, making plays, finding a way that would have been the story of the game. Well, I text you last night. I do think there is just as productive, but less violent on your running back is the, the deep handoff over the pitch slash toss does feel like Kyle sends people to injured reserve. It's, like that game was equally as physical on the ground, but doesn't it feel that just like the fullback, Mac deep handoff for the like the outside run to the edge is a less violent play than the toss sweep? Because the toss sweep feels like an absolute war of collisions and on both sides, and which is awesome. But goddamn, the Niners lose people for two years. I watched everyone. The only time the Patriots had an injury running outside on the edges the whole night was when uh, Damian Harris's hamstring tightened up. Other than that, After every guy like would a just, 15-yard run, right? Yeah, every guy would just pick each other up on both sides. It felt like, God, it's a pretty clean game. Kyle's toss sweeps feels like someone's going to die. 
Because, because I think you get extra room to run. Like when you're running on a mesh point, I have to hit you on the toss. I'm gaining depth and then I'm seeing it. So I'm getting like extra room to get some speed. Kyle's got to figure out a way to run the, just do what the Patriots did. I'm not saying get rid of the toss. Cause I think that's Kyle's favorite play in the playbook in 2021. What would you say his favorite play in the playbook is so far this year? The toss. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he loves the toss. I mean, it's the the first Kyle's game plan. Because in fairness to him, it's worked a lot. It's like, is my toss going to work this this game? Because if it is, then I'll just run it ten times the first quarter. And if it's not, then we'll just try some other plays. But get ready. To me, the number one thing, like for the Bengals, protect the edges on that first two drives of the game because he's going to run the toss at minimum to both sides. Over under probably be five and a half in his first several drives. Because all he has to do is hit one, and then you're immediately getting two more, so you're at three. Yeah, is he going to start the game calling the game the way he called the game after Garoppolo's interceptions, where it's just like, eh, he is not throwing the football right now, right? But he started started that game like to start the Rams game, to start the you know other games. He just started the game, the Minnesota game. Like he'll just start like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The hope is that he gets. A, I think his hope is that he gets a two score lead and never throws the rest of the game. Well, but say, that's hey, not listen, ideally what I mean. That's not you know when he had Matt Ryan, he was a top two throwing offense. Well, it's like okay, you're playing Cincinnati this week. I don't. I you know let's just assume the weather's going to be okay. Like just a fifty you know cold Midwest day. Here's what Belichick self scout would say. Listen, everyone thinks the toss is coming. And listen, I don't tell you not to run the toss because if Elijah Mitchell doesn't have a seventh con- concussion and fourth broken finger. Hand him the ball. But what if you just, on the first play of the game, threw a deep bomb? Do you know who would not see that coming? I don't know. Nobody, because you would never do that. I predicted that was coming last week. Part of what Belichick's strength is, and you and I talked about this before we jumped on, is how unemotional he is to any given play or any given scheme. It's like, I'm just trying to win the game. Like There is no debate. Kyle is emotionally tied to his offense. I would even say this. like What is Josh McDaniel's offense? Well, ideally, it's... The same as Bill Belichick's defense. Just find a way to use the people we have. Yeah. But if I gave him tomorrow... Like, what's his just, identity? If he like were the if head I gave, coach? If, yeah, but if I gave Josh McDaniels... Now, you could say this for any offensive coordinator, but if I just gave him Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams, and I took away his tight ends, they would immediately just change their offense. Right? I think it would be hard for a lot of coaches... Because a lot of coaches, and this to me is the Patriots... The Patriot way truly is like... There is no, we have to know everything. And I just wonder, like, as Kyle adapts, and we'll see this with Trey, can he just incorporate things that, like, I give Harbaugh credit. Now, he's not the offensive coordinator. He's just the head coach. But he clearly, once they got Lamar, like, we just got to change our whole thing around the guy. Right? Because for five years with Flacco or whatever, they clearly look not, like, they just, Harbaugh wasn't tied to any offense. Like, could could. Now, Kyle did it once upon a time as the offensive coordinator with his dad, with Robert. They just ran the pistol, remember? Yeah, I I, I think... I think he has the capability. I, I, and I think he will. I, I think the question is, will Trey... Can he develop Trey Lance into being the guy that can, you know, much like a... I guess much like parenting, eventually you, you know, you let the child go and they're on their own and you take the training wheels off and that means that they can ride all over. Will Trey ever become that guy? Who can play outside of Kyle's control? And you said it on the last podcast. Ultimately, now we can argue all day long if he's doing the right thing, and I think it's fair to say that you know going all in on Jimmy. To, it'd be one thing if they were eight and four, 
or nine and three. It'd be like, hey, listen, you know, veteran quarterback, you got to do it, try to win this year. Fuck, we're about next year, next year. They're six and six. <laughs> you lose this game, all of a sudden it's like, was this for not? But he's done everything possible to build this thing around Jimmy's strengths and yeah. a lot of his weaknesses. Yep. Um, that's part of what makes the Trey Lance era so fascinating is how does it look different, right, with a different quarterback? Uh, Brady on the stream says the Bills, the Bills clock management, wasting timeouts in the third. Believe me, Middlecoff and I were texting about, or you sent me a text about that. That's two guys that had the Bills plus three. And Belichick going for the two point at the beginning of the game were examples of why Bill was out coaching the Bills. Did, did Bill, was your impression that Bill went for two there because they were driving into the wind at that point and that going that way, was that why you thought it was? Or well, did, was at, it, the, at the time, I didn't quite know, right? Because they hadn't flipped fields and stuff. But yeah, I mean, as the game went I mean, on, the ball going the other way was the one that got the opening kickoff into the stands. Yeah. So he's kicking into the wind, which, you know, if you, the extra points now, which ironically Bill fought for, right? To move I know. I thought of that during the game. But he doesn't care. See, he's like, I'll fight for this. This is the rule. This is what's going to happen. The difference, though, is with Sean McDermott, I will defend him a little bit on one of them. And Peyton mentioned this to Eli. <clears throat> Should they start using their timeouts in the third because they're with the wind this quarter? Interesting. And one of them, it is the clock got down, like, and they were in the red zone. I do you fall in a game like that where the weather's playing a crazy condition? You're only getting in the red zone so many times. When you do get into a compromising where you're up against the clock, like, it, 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 to me, in a twenty-eight to thirty game, yeah, it's like, come on, guys. Do whatever, but in a game that for fifteen points was going to win it, I can't crush you on your quarterback not looking at the clock and you calling a timeout to bail him out. Yeah, part of it was this is you're right to defend the Bills for a second was they it felt like in the third Missed quarter a challenge, one more score, right? One more uh, if you could get a touchdown that we'd win the game. You know we we'd win the game and they would have a touchdown would have won them the game and would have at least gotten us a push. Although the Patriots probably don't kick a field goal. Well, they might have kicked the field goal still. They would have actually, because that was beginning of the fourth quarter that Nick Folk made it 14 to 10. So yeah, that's actually not a terrible point. Like we're going to need the touchdown and we're going to need at that point, it would have been 11 to seven. They're down 11 to seven. So a touchdown makes it 13. Yeah. So you, so you would have needed the extra point. Yeah. The difference though, is they didn't throw it that much in that first half that it was clear by the fourth quarter. It's like, Hey, Sean, Josh can, it doesn't matter which way you're going. Like he can throw it in this, like I would have been fascinated to me and we didn't get to see with Mac, but like Mac and Jimmy have very similar arms. What would it have looked like if a guy like Mac, Jimmy, Alex Smith, would it have probably would have fluttered right into the wind. Alex was there. They should have had him throw a few balls. He did. He was playing catch with Randy. I saw him Instagram story. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you 
free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So Debo, what's up? I mean, your guess right now. Debo said last week he'd be back this week. Is Debo Samuel back for the Bengals game right now? What's your guess? Tuesday, December seventh. I would say he does Wednesday not play this week. Doesn't feel I'm like I'm not it. expecting. I'm not expecting him to play. Which, uh, I'll, my first reaction, if that's the case, is I I get it because what's more important is that you have him for several games. You, I I do think they should be able to win this game without Debo, but. Obviously, he's incredible. It's a, it's a pretty big blow. He's a huge <laughs> key to their offensive success. Like we saw last week, it's it's very difficult without them. For them to get to twenty three points, Kittle needed to have. I mean, I has Waller or Kelsey had a hundred eighty yard game. Like that's probably one of the better games a tight end has had all season. Like that's that's what it took. A remarkable game from Kittle, who's just scoring sweet touchdowns, fucking breaking tackles. Who's just a man child. It's hard to like. I can't expect him to have back-to-back games of even 150 yards. I mean, hell, I, if you said, hey, Kittle gives you 100 yards, 
if I said 100 yards, you'd sign up for that. 150 yeah. yards? How many times is like Jefferson or Devontae Adams in back-to-back games? It's difficult. Because to me, the game plan, if you're the Bengals, I, I'm, and Kyle mentioned this yesterday about the, the final plays. They were you know scheduled to Kittle. They, he doubled both times. Mm. I would not wait to the red zone to double Kittle. I would double him <laughs> yeah. all game long everywhere he goes. And a double, it's not like basketball where two guys just stay on you the whole time. It's more of like a bracket. You know, that's the way kind of football works with like one guy in front of you, one guy behind you kind of, you know, mirroring you. To me, if I was on Cincinnati's coaching staff or a scout or whatever, like, hey, I haven't watched this team, take 85 away and obviously, you know, play the run well, it'll be very, very difficult. Like, he's not going to dice you up with Sherfield and Juwan Jennings. No, but this is maybe an IU game then. Well, that's fine. Maybe that's I what mean, it can, becomes. Can both of like those guys get a total of 200? Well, not if you're playing Kittle the way you're talking about. But if one guy starts killing you, it opens it up a little bit. That's the way. It's like, you know, it's one you're of those basketball situations. A, a seven for 80 game. Because don't you feel how Clay really kind of came on as like, okay, we go all out to get Steph. And then and then eventually yeah. Clay like just fucking just destroying people. It's like, well, what are we going to do? All right. Right. Ayuk hasn't got to that point yet where he can be treated like Debo and Kittle. That's where it's like he can just easily cruise as the third guy when they're all together. It does get a little more difficult for him, even though I, I think the guy's really talented. I mean, I've been very bullish from what I've seen. On Ayuk. Like quarterback more than him. Yeah. He's got three touchdowns this year, which, again, I, I, I know what I've seen. I felt good about Brandon Ayuk, too. I'm not judging him by that number. But he's never going to be a big red zone target. No, you know, if he's going to have like six or seven touchdowns on a season, my guess would be a couple, probably half of them always come outside the red zone. Yeah. Maybe not like 60, 70 yards, but like 35 yard post or, you know, make a guy miss maybe an outbreak, a tackle, you know, sprint to the end zone. His biggest games this year, six for 89 and a lost Arizona, seven for 85 and a win over Jacksonville. Um, you know, obviously against Minnesota had a couple of big plays, felt more impactful than three for 91. But this would be a great week for a seven for 85 and a touchdown against Cincinnati. Because you're right, I, they Kittle is not, you haven't had a defense prepare for a Niners game coming off of a Kittle performance like that this year. I actually think, and I had this thought last night, if Belichick's going to get rid of Nikhil Harry at the end of the season, I could see the Niners trading for him. Obviously, you wouldn't trade much for him, but he blocks... And I remember them talking about him. They liked him a lot coming out because I think he blocked. Obviously, they got the right guy in Debo Samuel. But I could see the Niners getting their hands on Nikhil Harry as like a little reclamation project because they do kind of like that bigger body type. You know, that Kyle is he Juwan better than Jennings. Juwan Jennings at this point? Well, he Nikhil's a, I mean, a top five blocker in the league outside. You see that guy last night just crushing people. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit. You're right. You give him a lot of credit for sticking in there. Now, maybe part he doesn't really have a choice, but. How many uh, wide receivers do you know that just want to fucking throw it around? Nobody does, but he might not have a choice. Like Bill's like, hey, man, here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to trade you. You're going to do what I want this year, and maybe you'll do what I want next year, and I'm going to reward you for it. And the answer is like, oh, really? How are you going to reward me, Bill? And the answer is with 10 targets. He has, Nikhil Harry has 10 targets this year. What's his uh, catch to target ratio? Eight to 10, 80% catch rate. Isn't that pretty good? Well, it's better than the 50% he had as a rookie. That's it hasn't been a smooth transition. 
So do the pros. I don't know. I I uh I think it's gotta be an IU game. Especially we'll see what the Bengals what Joe Burrow's health is like, but they can make big plays on that on that team and you're down your best cornerback this week. Burrow's health is a big part. Like can Burrow throw the ball with a formerly dislocated pinky? Yeah, we you just gotta pray he's got mallet finger. <laughs> I actually hope he's healthy because I do enjoy watching them. Yeah, well, you him know, I, and I, I know. Mixon got banged up in that game, too. He's been, I'm telling you, guy, that guy's a really, really good player. I mean, he is, you know, the the kind of the core top guys, right? The Derrick Henry. McCaffrey gets mentioned that way, and he is that talented, but he's always injured. Yeah. But Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, you know, just like the best running backs. I don't think this guy gets the quite the love. But I, I think he's every bit, you know, he's got, he has 12 rushing touchdowns this season. Wow. He has, the other thing, he can catch the ball. How many catches does he have? I mean, guy, he has 26 catches. So he's going to end up with 35 catches, probably 13, 1400 yards, and like 15 rushing touchdowns to go along with. He's a, he's a dynamic player. And obviously, you know, Jamar Chase, I read this article in The Athletic today. You know, for him, just because the standard's so high, even though he's actually having a pretty productive season and he's had some really, you know, great games. But he's also, last week, did you see the highlight of the ball that bounced off him that the Chargers picked off? He's just had some plays where I think he's been hit or miss catching the ball. But him, Higgins, and Boyd, if you just combine their productivity, those three... Now, granted, Joe Burrow's a real... They're playing with a good quarterback. Like, they're playing with a quarterback that... How many teams in the league would immediately trade their quarterback for? 20? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe more. It'd be high. Yeah, it'd, it'd be high. Like, John Schneider's like, hey, we, wait, Burles, we, can we guys take Russell? For, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the young guy. I went to his pro day, and, and Russell got mad. Um, actually, it was Josh Allen's pro day, but yeah, just th- their offense is going to be a problem because their guys can all catch, including their running back. And last time I checked, the Niners aren't exactly a, you know, LOB covered unit. No, but I mean, they will. I think Burrow has. Do you have Burrow's number? I think he's double digit interceptions this year. Yeah, he's got a little like, uh, I was going to say Josh Allen, hero sin. He's just, he always thinks he can just get them out of it, right? You, you see a lot of his highlights are scrambling around. He's, to me, he's got like a Tony Romo vibe to him, which is fun. I mean, I <laughs> more mean, talented, I'd say. You agree with he's that? Got four, he's got 14, 14 picks. 14 picks. Do you know how many touchdowns he's thrown? 28? Yeah, I mean 23. 20 is high. 28 would be high. 14 picks is a lot. So he will turn the ball over. You got to get a lead on him, which is the story of every Niner game. I'm not breaking any news. The Niners just better be, like, if they're on, it's at home. He is, and this offense, given their secondary, to me would be capable of, like, throwing four touchdowns. I don't think it would be crazy if you were a fantasy daily fantasy player, take him. Now, take Burrow. their their offensive line is pretty bad, so Bosa should fucking destroy them. They got after. It's gonna Herbert be tough. Last week. I, it's gonna be tough. They got after Herbert last week. They really got was, after I, Herbert last I, week. I did read that or heard he was missing three of his five offensive. Like they they had three backups in the Chargers. Yeah. I think Burrow leads the league in picks. He does. Leads the league in picks. 
Just trying to make plays, John. All right. It is time. It is time for another. Oh, you know what? I don't think I, where's my, I meant to grab the uh, shave it or shave it or save it. Shave it or save it. Why don't you tell the people, John, about shave it or save it and what it means to this show? Well, you got a bald guy and you got a guy with great hair. And uh, here's what we need you to do. If you're thinking about it, and I know a lot of guys are in their 20s, sometimes early 20s, sometimes late 20s, sometimes lucky, the lucky few doesn't hit to your 30s. The, I mean, the very, very lucky few get to their 40s or 50s. But if you're thinking about it, and we all go through it, that lose our hair, the insecurity of what should you do? And it's hard, like, you know, your wife, or your girlfriend, or your mom, like, it's hard to get that advice, right? It's really more of a guy thing. And we are here for you. So send us pictures of the front, side, and top. And we need when you do the top, not just the front, but the back too, you know, you get that little, that missing spot in the back. Uh, and send us pictures, and we will tell you where whether to shave it, shave it, or save it. All right, everybody, come on down. Today's contestant is Travis. Travis sent us a DM, and his question is shave it or save it. We got a picture of Travis hanging out at the beach here. Uh, he's in the shade, John, so he doesn't. He's not wearing a hat. I'm presumably looks like he's got a. A, you know, quite a bit of red going on, maybe on that uh, very on that smooth dome. Oh, he's a red head, so I'd imagine this is an SPF seventy-five situation here. Um, and here is the situation with our buddy Travis, who DM'd and said, "What should I do, guys?" He said, "Here are three different photos. In fact, we ended up with four. One is from the top down with my son. You can see thin hair in the middle. One is without facial hair, and one is with facial hair. Is it time for me to shave?" my head and grow my beard when I'm out of the military or is it time to save it? So let's take a look at some of the pictures we'll be working with what Travis was able to share with us. Uh, we had our, our first photo here, kind of a, a side photo. It gives you some of the, um, what we like to call the power alleys there. That'd be one if, you know, I, I you know, he has a son, so maybe he's married. If he's married, if he's, if he was single, that would be one like would be your Tinder profile. It's like you're on <laughs> yes. vacation, you're loose, but you're good looking, but you got the yep. water in the background. You're ready yep. for a good time. You know? Yep. This photo says I go places. Yeah. I um, can afford to travel to sweet destinations. Then this would be his photo. next photo. Yep. Here's yeah. another photo. He's, I, I, this looks like army to me, uh, him and, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Pope there. I'm not sure. Uh, but we got, we got high and tight. This looks like a zero on the sides. Doesn't give us a great look at the top, but. You know, it, it does. We'll get back to this photo. Um, here's the photo he mentioned with his son. Um, also redhead. Also redhead, where he's got his head down, and uh, he's he's uh, baiting baiting a the hook there, and it gives us a little bit of a view of what we're, we've got on the top, and kind of how he his hair gets combed forward. You can see. Uh, can you let me get a little closer here? We can see a little bit. Ah, shoot. Now I, you can tell it's 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 definitely thinner up top, and I think when he shaved. When he had shorter hair in the photo with uh, Lieutenant Pope, which might be his wife or might have just been a fling at you know the uh, the Marine dinner, uh, that he he's receding and you can tell here he grew it out and kind of moves it forward right there. That's a move. So you think right here what we're looking at? He's covering up some of the uh, the power alley there with with some with the forward comb. Well, I think I'm gonna listen, Travis. I, I'm I, I have nothing but respect for your service. You are a badass being in the military, but. You obviously got some hair problems going on because right now you obviously are receding. And can you tell the thickness is not really there no, up top? This is, 
This is he's got less he's got less depth than the uh, 49ers secondary here, John. Very thin. Yeah, top. if if we wanted to use, you know, uh, a war analogy, you're surrounded right now. I don't think you have help coming, right? I, and and for reference, he sent us he said, "Look, this is me before when I had the beard. I'm thinking about shaving it and growing the beard out." Here's a photo of 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 uh this this photo is <laughs> He's staring right into my eyes. It's making me a little <laughs> uncomfortable. Imagine but, him with like an you know an AR behind a tree and you were the bad guy. He Travis would be coming after you. Yeah, ass. he looks like God. That is twenty twenty. Ready to right mow there. down the the bad guys. So that's an idea. That I, um, you know, this is definitely a shave candidate. I will say this before we as we go through it. I think he's got a. You tell you know better than me. I think he's got a very very good dome here. This dome would work bald. He's got very good dome structure. I would say. Don't you agree? Honestly, Travis, and I, I'm a heterosexual male, your facial structure is good. I, I actually don't like the full, long, crazy, you know, like beard he had going. I agree. I think you you have a good, like when you did this full shave face right there, even if you just have some stubble, I think you could just shave the head, maybe not even with a Bic razor, but just go relatively short, like a two or a three, yeah. and rock some stubble, rock the clean shave look. I think you'd look pretty good. Yeah, I, here's the medium beard, just to give you an idea of the medium beard. I think the medium beard works much better than the uh, Charlie Blackman, I play baseball beard. Yeah, the, the baseball Charlie beard Blackman, is, or, I, or I'm a backup guard for uh, the Minnesota you know, Vikings. Yeah, look. nobody wants to see your the, the, your, your, the rice from your burrito two hours yeah. later. Um, the medium beard works, but I'm with you. Here, I'm going to do something here. I think that hair John. in that picture where the water's in the back... Like he, it's just much shorter. I think he pulls yeah. that off pretty well, and I think I, a lot of guys that are holding on for the, for you know the last couple innings, which may for him be four or five years, you could rock that for a long period of time. That look, uh, you agree? You, this right here, yeah. I don't think this is a must shave, as we talk it through, because I think it's he can rock a hair that is not that doesn't appear like he's holding on to something that he doesn't have. He's not covering it up. Um, but I also think let's do this for those of you watching this, I'm just going to scroll this photo up. So it looks like he's bald. There you go. That's a look at what he would look like bald and clean shaven. I think it works because you're right. He's got kind of got, he's like you, he's got some, looks like he's got a hint of dimples there. Um, I good looking guy. I, I agree that works right there. Yeah. But I would not, I wouldn't feel obligated to do the beard thing, you know? No. Shave your and then what's what, what are you uh, in the Marines? You're like, yeah, actually, I was. <laughs> you know, it's a great conversation starter. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah. I mean, his eyebrow. He doesn't have you know because of his hair color. He doesn't have um. Like I think the eyebrows, long beard look no. looks like you know he, he was going off on a mission or something. And it just doesn't you know it's just whatever. I I think the look he had. Yeah, I would do the, that at the Marine Ball. Yeah, this, this is a good. This is a good. It's a good photo right here. This uh, is a great photo. The, Lieutenant Pope's photo. all over you. It's a good photo because it's like, is that, are you in a relationship with that person? Is it you just showing other women? Like, look, I'm cool with women. Women like me. Good face, bow tie, you know, obviously a service member. So yeah. you got a lot going on. That photo is also a good little, you know, primer to other women too. Cause like, yeah, even if we're not in a relationship, you can tell we got chemistry and we have hooked up. So I got that type vibe. <laughs> yeah. Just, and like responsible. Here I am being a good dad. Yeah. What does it look like he's doing there? He's, he's baiting a hook, John. Oh, he's going fishing. Yeah, just yeah. out, you know, just to have quality time with my son. No big deal. Yep. Looks like they're uh, they're on the base in uh, 
maybe in uh, Carolina, somewhere in the probably, uh, you know, the, the south, maybe. Think how much sweeter it is to be at like Fort Bragg than Travis Air Force Base in Vallejo, Fairfield, Vacaville. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, I, I would much rather be at like the Carolina Shores than, uh, than yeah, where are you? Where are you stationed? Oh, Fairfield, Vacaville area. <laughs> it's like, where are you? Oh, Pendleton, San Diego. Uh, can, hey, can I get shipped down there? I know. Yep. There are some good bases and there are some not as good bases. Uh, having been in the military, I mean, not me, <laughs> my dad, having <laughs> traveled. Uh, let's see, John, a few comments here. Uh, uh, I'd go full beard and shave the head, says Brady. Miss Vic- VKC, yep, it's time to let it go. Thank you for your service. <laughs> but you don't need the facial hair. Jonathan says, drop the top, my guy. So um, I, I I think this is not this is not an emergency we don't need to sound the alarm and uh, get everybody no. on the uh, deck of the uh, battleship here and shave it. But I think you could clear the deck and it will work. I, but I, I, yeah, the more we talk about it to me, this is actually more about the shave. This is more about the beard. It turns out the more we talk about this. I agree. I think you're, you look good. Cleanly shaved. The one other thing I'll add is if he sticks with this haircut where he doesn't shave the top, but keeps it like a zero on the side, people will say to you, you're the military. You're like, no, I was. Not anymore. But you might just get that question a lot, which, you know, if you served honorably, it's a good question to get asked. Also, I know it's his photo, but it also has the feel that Lieutenant Pope is the one that initiated, like, let's take a photo vibe kind of going, doesn't well, it? Well, Lieutenant, I mean, Lieutenant Pope's holding the camera, I would say. Yeah. A, a, a Colonel so Pope. He, I don't Maybe he do took I Colonel find... Pope's uh, Facebook page. Colonel I don't know Pope, what their if, if you're single yet. and she's single, you know, you might want to hit her up. Looks like she's vibing for you. <laughs> Maybe she's your wife. I don't know. <laughs> she has good good work. Not that yeah, that looked that, that looked like uh, headed to basic training, trying to get his mind right. Right. You're better looking now than you were then. Put it that way. I mean, you yeah. you know. Well, yeah, people get look better right. looking when they age. There you go. So that's Hopefully. another edition of uh, shave it or save it. So I think we're saying. This is like a third and two situation, a second and two maybe. You can run the ball, you can throw the ball. Not urgent. Either I, I like I like the short hair look. I wish I would be able to pull that off. I just don't have yeah. enough hair up top. Yeah, it gives I gladly a good sense would. Of what do you look like bald? Gives a good, good sense luck to you, Travis. Like yeah, good luck, Travis. Thanks for your service, and uh, thanks for participating in another edition of Shave It or Save It. Uh, it's all done with love and appreciation for each and every one of you that. Uh, We've had now four shave it or save it's every single person. Thank you for your bravery in uh, letting us judge you. Armchair quarterback, your head. No, oh, I mean we. You want to do that? We, you want to do that on Friday? Let's do that on yeah, Friday. yeah. Let's do that on Friday or Thursday, really. Thursday. It's in a couple yeah. days. Maybe Oregon will hire a coach by then. Maybe not. Last question. One last one for you. What would what, what would your timeline? Do you think they get a coach by the signing day coming up? I yeah, I think they got to. I mean, signing day. See, they just they just lost a commit. I know. I think they've got problem of having all the five stars. Those guys, you know, they a lot of people start calling them. Yeah. The good thing is, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of jobs, like a lot of jobs are filled right now. So it's not like you're competing with six other programs that are, you know, Notre Dame has hired, LSU has hired, USC has hired. That's a problem. They're recruiting the same kids as those guys. Those guys want that player. I saw they lost the tackle. I I mean, when it comes to hiring to USC or something. I mean, when it comes to hiring the coach, no, you're I, not. I know, I know. What you're but you're right. The other side of that is everyone else is 
I think you got to move quick. Like, I think you got to move by the end of the week. I wish you could just this tweet out, don't fucking talk to any of our players or we'll not be able to do anything legally, but don't do it. <laughs> well, the other, the flip side, right? Oregon is still a hell of a place to play football. No. Yeah, so you could definitely go, you know what? I'm committed there. It's still sweet. But as we know, coaches, people always say, don't commit to the coach, commit to the place, but it doesn't work like that mo- often. One scary part is like, what if you look up and 17 of your sweet young players are transfer portal? You're like, oh my God. <laughs> Well, but that's the I do think as much as people are upset about the early signing period kind of making this very difficult, the portal does help offset that a little bit. Because if you nail the hire, then you can get some guys through the portal, even if you missed out on some guys, you know, during the early signing period. Not ideal. We know the fundamental best way to build a program is with, you know, players that you can develop over the course of three years. But yeah. Saban used transfer portal. Everybody's using the transfer portal. Yeah. Just you don't want it to be your main mode of you know. Like Nick, where do you get your transfer portal guys? Yeah, we just three schools: Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. If any of those guys want to transfer, we'll take calls. But that's it. <laughs> you think there's like a high level portal where like Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama? I think so because the the sweet wide receiver Mechie's right hand guy is an Ohio State transfer. He just was in that room, right? It's just like they they're not like oh Fresno State's got a guy thinking about leaving like. Nick doesn't waste any time looking at it, right? Well, who was the guy that left Fresno State and went to Oklahoma a few years ago after Derek Carlett? Wasn't it after it was Jay? It was Jalen. He was an NFL player. What was his last Saunders. Saunders. Jalen Saunders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That right. was pretty remarkable, right? That's as good. That's a good thing for your program. You for know, those who don't gotta, remember him, think uh, think Deshaun Jackson. He that played the for the Jets. I think he was a fourth yeah. round pick. No, no. Uh, but that was the idea. By the way, real quick, Kenny Pickett, who was one of the finalists for the Heisman, his did you see his fake slide the other day in the uh, in the pit game, the ACC championship I game? Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw. <laughs> so it's, do you think that play should be what? What should happen on that play? Nothing, a flag, or just play blown dead at the spot of a fake slide? Well, it's impossible to go flag because then, like you know, when a quarterback will be ten yards down the field and running and do the fake pump fake, which is yeah. clearly like. You don't get flagged for that. No. You, you know, don't get sometimes flagged running for that, back will but, fake like uh you know, people have done a fake pitch and a guy will stop. Like part of life is being able to ad lib on the fly, right? I gave him so much respect for the play and the athleticism. Some people said, ah, I don't think it was on purpose. I guess the reason for the flag would be if you just blow the play dead at the spot where the guy fakes the slide, then there's no you're never de incentivized from doing it. You don't want guys faking. You don't want guys sliding and then getting crushed by a defender who thought they were faking it. And so you don't ever want quarterbacks to fake a slide. Uh, kind of. Well, like I'd argue what what Wilson has been, what Russell has turned into with his slide is no longer a slide. It's more of like kind of baiting you in, hopefully you helmet to helmet me. Have you noticed that he the last sits, couple of weeks? Like last second. Yeah, and then he just kind of hits the ground, but he doesn't slide. He, he kind of gives himself off, but he doesn't really. Yeah. It's more fucked up than what Kenny Pickett did. I think Kenny Pickett just kind of ad-libbed on the fly. Like, I'm kind of going to do this. Then he realized I got a little I got a little, uh, little room on the right. <laughs> if you're going to do it and you're only going to get one shot at it because the next time you fake it, you're going to get blasted, you better score a touchdown on it, and he scored a touchdown on it. It was an awesome play. Awesome Fresno play. State has hired Jeff Tedford, finalizing the deal now. So, Kenny, uh, I almost said Kenny. Tim Skipper, defensive coordinator. Have we seen that yet? That's a pretty good hire. 
you know, Jeff Tedford, before, hell yeah, it's it worked. It's <laughs> an incredible hire. It worked. They got, I would Taylor say, Taylor DeBoer was his assistant coach. I'd say the dogs are very, very lucky to have a high level Pac 12 coach, the winningest coach in the history of Cal, being alumni there and clearly just kind of like it. Like he's just, you know, I don't need to prove myself. Because why would he not be? I guess I don't know if Oregon would even hire him. Yeah, part of it is like, and I say this respectfully, if he was in total in in top physical condition and hadn't had to leave, is it three jobs? Did he have to leave the Tampa job, the Fresno job? More than two. (laughs) Yeah, I thought he quit a CFL job too. That's right. So you know, it's he's kind of his circumstances have 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 led to this. Can he coach them in the bowl now? If he get didn't all their coaches leave to go with DeBoer? Yeah, and I just mean he should, he should everyone I mean I'm I don't know how similar everything is. I mean, he was the head coach there when was all the terminology the same as when he was the head coach there? Yeah, I don't know. I would imagine very similar. To me, Hainers, all the Hainers bowl Day. games would get more interesting if they were all coached by coaches who have only been with the team for 2 weeks. That would make bowl games more interesting. Like Bob Stoops versus Mike Bellotti. I'd be like, all right, let's see what this looks like. You know? I saw they they asked Bob Stoops, like, what does he think of the early signing period? He's like, I don't really like it. (laughs) He's been on the job for a week. Are they asking him to sign players? Because that's insane. I guess not anymore. Well, he's just given a lot of press conferences. I mean, he's just, he's available. He's just, if I'm him, I get a lot of my opinion. Hey, I got some opinions. You know, I I got some takes. Maybe I just follow a bunch of Oklahoma accounts. He is so happy taking all these pictures in these guys' homes. Just wearing the he's wearing the shit out of the polo guy. That guy is you talk about ride or die. Now, I bet he'd say these guys financially changed my family and my their kids and their kids' lives. But he and is it's, very I, it, just it, it, it's it's a king in his kingdom, John. And he gets to be the king again. That's true. Because I, I asked Mike, I talked Coach to Mike Bilotti once. Yeah. That, I, I asked Bilotti once, like it must be hard when you spend whatever, however many years he was at Oregon, 15 years as the head coach. 95 to 08, I looked yesterday. Okay. You spend that long, you're the head coach. You, Rich Brooks, they'd had some highs, but you build this into what it became. And then once you hand the keys over to Chip Kelly, and then it's Helfrich, and then it's Willie Taggart, and then it's Mario Cristobal, and then it's whoever, it's not yours anymore. It's like your childhood home gets bulldozed and somebody else gets to build whatever they want there, and it's not your home. And he said, yeah, he said, yes, it's very hard to have that level of power over a football program and then have no power anymore. And they treat you well and you're allowed in the building and all that, but it's just different. And so here's Bob who, you know, we know it was hard for Bob to give it up. And now we get to back for a little bit. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's sweet. By the way, uh, he has a, but the one thing I, I don't know is Bilotti, does he still like go to games? Like, stupid. Yeah, like I think he's a ticket holder. Bilotti's, Bilotti went to the pack. Bilotti's around all the time. Big okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma City, John News release. Following the sudden, and this is from Senator Bill Coleman. Senator Bill Coleman uh, has decided that he would like to honor the final three inches of westbound state Highway 325 as the Lincoln-Riley Highway. Quote, I felt the state of Oklahoma needed an appropriate goodbye to the former head coach whose sudden departure met, left many in shock including a team of young, dedicated college players. I found the tiniest section of our most desolate highway to pay tribute to Coach Riley's exit from Oklahoma football and the state. It's only fitting as this is the last three inches one sees before leaving our great state headed west. Nothing like the bitterness of, of, of Southern or Midwestern 
football. So departure. that by no means is supposed to be like a positive thing. No, <laughs> that's a you major give, middle finger. Yes, you give somebody three inches of anything, it's not respectful. No, L- what, whether it be up. lasagna, I'd imagine Bob Stoops has a street named after him in uh, in Norman. Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, this Lincoln. Is, this I don't is why you give an interview on the way out of town, John, like Mario Cristobal. It is. <laughs> All right. Is Lincoln just kept his coaches there recruiting for him. Kind of fucked up. Smart. All right. On that Adios. note, thanks for hanging, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.